Yes, it's Monday, and by now we should all know what that means. It means it's time to talk about ghosts with me, Kev. Hello, how are you all doing on this wonderful November evening, or morning, or afternoon, dependent on when you're listening? We, of course, have just had Halloween. We didn't have, not Halloween, We did, well, we have just had Halloween, but Bonfire Night, I mean, in the UK, which is celebrated on November the 5th, and that's when we all celebrate the fact that we nearly burnt down Parliament. Something I'm not saying we should do again, but maybe we should consider it at least. Anyway, usually, as you know, Becca loves fireworks, so we go outside and we light them and we watch the sky explode into colour. But she's not been too well, so she couldn't do that. So I bought literally the worst fireworks. Not on purpose. I went to the shop and there was none left except for one box of these fireworks called the world's quietest fireworks. And oh my God, they were shite. And um, I bought them from Aldi. Nothing wrong with Aldi. And a woman behind me also bought them because she heard the shop assistant say, we've only got these left. So we both stood there with our receipts. And then the guy comes out and says, we've only got one box left. And I looked at the woman. I was served first, by the way. The woman looked at me and the woman said, oh, well, I'm going to a firework party and I need something to take. And I said, well, my partner loves fireworks and we have no fireworks and she's not well. Um, and she went, oh, you can have them then. So I went and bought her a bottle of wine, much to the absolute frustration of everyone else in that queue. But we got fireworks as shite as they were. And I hope if you did celebrate it, you had a wonderful bonfire evening and celebrated them all. Of course, animals don't like fireworks. It turns out Sienna, the neighbor's cat, isn't asked about fireworks. She was like, yeah, I think she went to, she was like, she served in Nam or something because she just wasn't asked. It was like bang, bang, boom, boom, boom. And she was like, yawn, scratchy, scratchy. So you don't know. Anyway, we've got a wonderful show for you today. We have, of course, a paranormal review where I review something paranormal so you don't have to. Then we have your true listener ghost stories, which are fantastic and my favourite part of each and every week. And then we head over to Becca's Reddit Corner. Now, as I've mentioned in the build-up of this show, Becca is not feeling too well. And we've just recorded the Reddit Corner before I've recorded this part. And we had to do it while she was laying in bed, unwell, with a hot water bottle. So there's a few coughs therein, but that's because she's a trooper and she powered through with a terrifying tail. It's actually kind of spooky in a way and definitely has a lot of jump off points in it. I will say that much. But before we go into today's episode proper, we of course need to say a big thank you to our wonderful Patreons. Because when you sign up to Patreon, not only do you support this little show, you also get two extra Patreon-only shows each and every week. That's eight a month. I'd like to see anyone else come up with that sort of output. Many people do, by the way. I'm just saying. But, yeah, you do get two extra shows each and every week. And not only that, not only that, but I also sing your name as a thank you on the show, which I'm about to do now. And we have eight wonderful new Patreons to say thank you to in what might be my most challenging song to date. We want to say a big thank you to DV Young 444, Stephanie Sushik Inzerillo, Gretchen Fisher, Christine and Dante Bellofato, Elizabeth Amalia, Ariana Hubbard, Betty, and Daniel Smith. And I gotta put all them in a song. The guitar is well and truly out. Let's give it a whirl, shall we? Oh yeah. 
come on, D.V. Young, 444, Stephanie Sir Shipkins Rillo, Gretchen Fisher, and Daniel Smith. You've signed up to Patreon, you gang of heroes. Ariana Hubbard, Elizabeth O'Malia, Christine and Dante Bellofado. You've signed up to Patreon, you gang of heroes. That was a very strange falsetto to end it with, wasn't it? But I think we done well to get through the names. Well done, Kath. Thank you, Kev. Anyway, if you'd like to become a member of our Patreon team, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Now, I am fully aware one of the Patreons I've just sang to did email me to say, please don't sing my name out again. I've just re-signed up because I'm having issues. But I did because, you know, why not? Anyway, let's have ourselves a paranormal review, shall we? Yes, it's time for a paranormal review where I review something paranormal so that you don't have to. And then you can decide whether you want to listen to it, watch it, or read it, or all three, if you've got, like, loads of eyes, ears, and hands. I don't know what that means. But anyway, today's paranormal review is about something you've probably already heard about because I believe it's a franchise that's been going on for years. I've just never personally given it the time of day. But there is a new series on Netflix of this particular franchise, and it's called Unsolved Mysteries. Now, on the new series of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, there is an episode that I jumped right to called Paranormal Rangers. And it features these guys who work for the Navajo Nation as basically police officers. So they go around investigating crimes or whatever else. But this is them discussing paranormal reports uh, that people have phoned up and said, hey, there's a UFO in my garden, or hey, there's a Bigfoot on my house, or hey, there's a poltergeist in my pantry, and other alliteration. You know, things like that. And it's a really good episode. So I looked at what other episodes that I've not yet watched that are on there, and there also is an episode called, and I quote, where are we? The Ghost in Episode... The Ghost in Episode... The Ghost in Apartment 14, so that's going to be the next one that I watch. So there's some really good stuff that appears to be on there. Now, it's always risky when I give a good review about something that is a series that I've only watched one episode of so far. But the one episode I've watched, Paranormal Rangers, is two thumbs up to the sky. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, Unsolved Mysteries, the latest season, two thumbs up to the sky. <laughs> Yes, it's that time of the week where we get to discuss your paranormal correspondence and your true listener ghost stories, which is genuinely my favourite time of the week because I don't know what's to come. No, I don't, because I don't pre-read them. But I will say I've pre-read one lovely email from Sarah and she knows who she is and she sent an email all about mental health and it was a lovely email to receive. So Sarah, thank you very much for that. Now, our story today comes in from Anonymous, and we do like Anonymous's emails when they take the time to write in. We're very close with Anonymous. No, but seriously, Anonymous has sent us in an email, and um, they've sent us in something really nice at the start, which I'm not going to read out because it's a personal thing, but thank you for that. You know who you are. But I will say that their story is terrifying, and this is it. Hi, Kevin. Hi. 
Hi, Becca. Hi. Hi, Neighbours Cat. Meow. Oh, Neighbours Cat's feeling a bit feisty today. I've been listening to the podcast for a couple of months now, and I keep thinking that maybe I should send in my own experiences, but I couldn't help worrying they might not be interesting enough. Come on. Everything's interesting if it's paranormal. I decided I'd write them down, what I could remember anyway, on the off chance that one day I would feel brave enough to send them in. Well, this week I caught up with all the episodes of the show, and so I've decided to send my stories to you. But the email had gotten so long, I had to split it into two. And it's still pretty long, so I apologise for the length. Never apologise, anyone ever, for sending in a long story. One, I need content, so that really helps. And two, a long story is sometimes better. Hmm. Anyway, this is the story. I thought I'd start with my experiences in my childhood and teenage years in this email and go on to more recent incidents next time. The first memory I have of seeing something paranormal is actually one of my earliest strong, clear memories. I was awake and lying in bed at the house I lived in with my mum, my dad and my older brother. I must have been about four or five years old. I had the box room, so aside from my cabin bed, a small raised bed with a wardrobe and desk underneath, there wasn't space for much else in the room. I looked over the edge of the bed from where my head rested on my pillow and was practically face to face with a man that I'd never seen before. He had long brown hair pulled back in a ponytail and wore a dark green frock coat, in brackets, although I didn't know that was the name of the style of the coat at the time. He looked like a young man and didn't seem hostile or unkind. I remember knowing that he wasn't a living man, but rather something else. But I don't remember feeling afraid of him at all. We just looked at each other for a while and then he was gone. When I was about seven, my mum, my brother and me moved in with my now stepdad and his two teenage children. My mum and stepdad still live in that house now. And it's a lovely house, but I believe it's very haunted. From the very beginning of our time living there, I would experience strange things. The door between the living room and the kitchen was made of wood, but was filled with panes of textured glass so that you could see shapes and colours of what was on the other side, but nothing too detailed. For example, you could see if a person was in the other room and make out the colour of their clothes, their hair, etc., but you wouldn't be able to make out the features of their face. In the evenings, we would all sit in the living room, and everyone had their unofficial space to sit. My stepdad, my mum and my brother would sit on the couch against the wall, between the kitchen and the living room. My stepbrother would lie on the other couch opposite them, beneath the window, and I would sit on the armchair closest to the door into the kitchen. In brackets, my stepsister was rarely home, spending most of her time out with friends and left home soon after we moved in. Frequently, while we were all sitting in this way, all settled and watching TV or reading in the evenings, the light in the kitchen would switch on by itself, and I, being closest to the kitchen, would get up, open the door, switch it off, close the door and sit back down, only for the light switch to go back on again by itself. Sometimes this would happen seconds after I had sat back down 
and sometimes after a much longer time. I felt certain that something was playing games, enjoying making me get up and down. My mum, who is very sensitive to this sort of thing, didn't want to frighten me as a young child and used to say that it was just because I hadn't flicked the switch properly. But later she admitted that she didn't believe that and that it was the ghost doing it. I don't believe that it was any sort of electrical problem as my stepdad is fiercely house proud and really handy. Nothing is left damaged or faulty in this house. If something is broken, he fixes it or he gets someone else to fix it as soon as he notices. These incidents with the kitchen light continued for as long as I lived there. But it never happened during the day and we would never get up to find the lights on in the mornings. It only ever happened to us when we were sitting in the living room in the evenings. Another frequent occurrence in the house was the sound of someone upstairs when no one was up there. If I was in the living room or kitchen downstairs, I would hear footsteps walking throughout the upstairs rooms and doors opening and closing, even though no one was up there. This would happen all the time. Less frequently, if I was upstairs, I would hear someone moving around downstairs, despite no one being down there. Objects would often disappear from my bedroom. Jewelry, hairbrushes and my TV remote all disappeared. And when I moved out and the room was entirely emptied, there was no sign of them at all. When I went to bed, I would lay in my room and would always hear footsteps walking along the landing. They never entered my room, but were always there, outside my door. It was so loud and unsettling to me that my mum eventually brought me a tape player to keep beside my bed so I could listen to music or audiobooks to drown out that noise just so I could sleep. I always felt as though someone was walking really close behind me in the hallway or on the stairs or on the landing as though their feet would have been right on my heels and I would always run from the bathroom to my bedroom after brushing my teeth before bed and I wouldn't feel safe until I'd slammed the bedroom door and climbed into bed. It was the same in the daytime if I went to the bathroom or left my bedroom to go downstairs. I would run across the landing and race down the stairs as fast as I could, jumping the bottom half of the staircase to get down and into the main rooms as quickly as possible. On numerous occasions, when my brother and I were at secondary school, we would return home before our mum and stepdad, and we would be shocked to see the legs of our stepdad sitting on the couch through the glass panes in the door between the kitchen and the living room. We would open the door to say hello to him, only to see the room was completely empty. One time, my stepsister had visited with her daughter, who was about three at the time. We left the empty house and all piled into the car to take them home. Me, my stepsister and my little niece in the back seat and my mum and stepdad in the front. Just as we were about to reverse out of the driveway, my little niece started waving happily at the living room window, smiling widely and saying goodbye. We all looked at her confused and her mum asked who she was waving to. She said, the man in the window. Another time, it was a weekend morning and I was enjoying a lie-in when I was suddenly woken up by the sound of music playing. 
I looked around the room and saw that a wind-up musical clown doll, which was sat on a high shelf across the room, had started playing music and moving slowly as it did. Not just a short noise which can happen with wind-up toys, but it was moving and playing music properly, as though it had been fully wound up. I had not touched the clown in forever, and no one else had been in my room since the previous day. I leapt out of bed and shot downstairs. I told my mum what had happened, and said that I didn't want that clown in my room anymore. So she took it out for me and put it in the loft. Years later, she still says that when she goes up into the loft to get the Christmas decorations down, it will begin playing. Not making a brief sound because it's been knocked while she gets stuff, but actually playing as though wound up again, despite being neatly placed far from the hatch of the loft. One night, I was woken up by my TV turning on. I always turned it off fully, not even leaving it on standby as my stepdad likes to save energy. But it turned itself on. The screen was lit up, and there was sound coming from it quite loudly, although I don't remember what was on. Nothing else in the house did this, so I don't think it could be explained by a power surge or a power cut. One time, my mum and I had taken our dog for a walk, he was a border collie and had a lot of energy, so we went for a long walk along a beautiful long road near the house, surrounded by trees and fields. Although there wasn't a lot of traffic, the cars which did drive along there often came by quickly, so we always kept the dog on the lead. As we were walking, we noticed an old lady walking towards us. She was alone and there appeared to be nothing unusual about her. But as we got nearer to her, our dog started to get really agitated. He suddenly started pulling back, refusing to go any further towards her, and desperately began to tug at his lead until he managed to get his head out of the collar and ran into the road where he stopped, hunched over, and looked terrified. This all happened so quickly. I panicked and ran out into the road to get the dog and my mum then panicked because I was now in the middle of the road too. Together, we managed to get the dog back onto the path, and then we noticed that the old lady had passed us and was now further down the path back the way we came. Our dog was suddenly calm again and allowed us to put his collar back on, and we continued the walk as though nothing had happened. The dog may have been fine, but my mum and I were really shook up, and talked about what could have caused him to act like that. My mum said that she'd felt a presence around the woman, and thought that the lady's husband had been walking beside her, even though he wasn't visible. Our lovely dog had always been nervous around men as he was poorly treated by the man who sold him to us, but he'd never been weary of women, so I doubt that the woman alone would have frightened him. When I was around 16, we went to one of the Greek islands for a family holiday. One evening, my cousin and I went for a walk around the small village where we were staying, while our family sat in a nearby restaurant. It was dark, but we felt entirely safe, having spent over a week there already, and two weeks there the year before, so many of the local residents already knew us. We decided we wanted to go down to the seafront. On our way to the beach, 
A number of locals that we spoke to said that we shouldn't go there when we mentioned our plan. But being carefree teenagers, we didn't think much of it and went down to the sandy beach and made ourselves comfortable on some lounges. We lay around for a little while chatting, looking at the stars and gazing out to sea, before getting up to head back to find our family. As I took one last look at the sea, I saw a human-shaped figure in the water. I hadn't seen it before, although the entire stretch of water and beach had been visible from where I'd been laying. The figure was completely white and almost seemed to be glowing, radiating an eerie light of its own. It looked like it was swimming, but it didn't seem to be affecting the water at all. It wasn't creating any splashes. I watched for a while before noticing that my cousin had already turned back up the beach. She hadn't seemed to notice the figure. I quickly followed her, and as we made our way back through the village to find our family, I didn't mention anything to my cousin, as I was pretty stunned by it all. This is the last one for this email. I was about 17, and I'd been to visit my boyfriend on the opposite side of town. My mum came to pick me up from this house at around 8 o'clock, but being winter, it was already very dark. We were driving home going over an overpass, when, out of my window, I saw a young man standing on the road right next to the car. I remember suddenly feeling incredibly sad. It hit me like a punch to the chest, and I felt like I would cry. As well as feeling this sudden rush of sadness, I was incredibly surprised to see anyone out of my window, as this was not the sort of road that people walk along. There was no pathway. I immediately turned fully in my seat and looked back out of the window to see him. But, despite there literally being nowhere he could have gone, he'd vanished. I turned back towards my mum to tell her about what I'd seen, but before I could speak, she said... Did you see him? It turns out that my mum had seen this lad a few times when she'd come to pick me up. She said she always felt sad when she saw him too. And I got the feeling he was just trying to get home. I hope these stories were interesting to you, and I'm sorry if the email was too long. I'll send the rest another time if you'd like to hear more. Thanks for reading, and thank you for making such a great podcast. Anonymous. Well, Anonymous, you know who you are and you know what I'm going to say. We all want to hear some more, don't we? I think I speak on behalf of the room when I say the bride wants to hear more. That's a play on the... um. People, I've just realised, people might not know. Back in the day, because this show is literally about 300 episodes long, although there's only about 40 showing, um, I used to say, I used to find it funny that always in every speech at a wedding... They would say, I think we can all agree the bride looks lovely. And I found it too cliche. So I started to use it in other parlance just like that. So I think we can all agree the bride wants to hear more of your paranormal stories, Anonymous. So do send them on in. I tell you what, though, you know that one at the end, the one about the lad like looking through the window and you're feeling sad and all that? That's the one that proper affected me the most out of all of those tales. And, you know, I know it's just you driving past someone and then they disappear. That could be kind of common, I suppose. But like you're saying, there was nowhere he could be. It was an overpass. 
and you do kind of your brain jumps over past maybe a suicide jumped off terrifying feeling of sadness don't know really stuck with me that one but all in all an amazing email so thank you very much anonymous and do send the rest in now are we all ready to pay a trip to what can only be described as a diseased becker's reddit corner Ladies. Quick edit, she heard me say that and wants to clarify, it's not diseased, she's just a bit under the weather. Anyway, let's get back to the corner. Bloody hell. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. Yes, it's that time where literally we are in the dark area with Becca because... We're lying next to Becca as she is ill in bed. <laughs> I am not well. You're not well, are you? Good day. Yet you're still powering through to do a Becca's Reddit Corner. Well, you know, the show must go on. And I um, I will admit, genuinely, we are in the dark. The lights are off so that you don't get any bright lights. Mm. Um, you have a hot water bottle on your chest. I do. Um, and you're under the duvet. Yeah, yeah, I remember you said, how do you feel about doing a Reddit corner? Do you think you can manage it? He says, as long as the corner comes to me. Yes. And yes. So, um, so thank you for doing this. You're welcome. I mean, other than the fact that I will look after you, I promise, in general. But, you know, you're going to be treated as normal during this Reddit corner. Okay. So I expect zero mistakes. <coughs> Actually. Zero coffin. And I will. Well, you're not going to have zero coffin. But no doubt I will be sparkling and witty and very on form. No doubt. <coughs> so you'll have to forgive the sharp, um, annoying, really, coffin. Oh, I'm sorry, is this bothering <laughs> you? <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay, so you can read this for us today. And it's from Mystic Moon 555 Okay. Is that, does that mean there are many... Hundreds of thousands of mystic moons. There is, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, they live in a shoe. There's got so many mystic moons, they don't know what to do. Okay. Um, welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. Bless Please you. Please put your mask on upon entering. Yeah. And Douse um, yourself in... Um, oh, what's it called? I don't know. <laughs> it's, all words have left my mind. Um, I can see it. The, the spodgy stuff that you put in your hands during COVID. Yeah, antibacterial. Um, no, it begins with an S. Right. I want to say semen, but it's not semen. No, it's not. That'd no, be don't, fucking horrible. Don't yourself with that, then you're not welcome in the corner. Please douse yourself with semen <laughs> and enter the room. Um, sanitizer. Sanitizer. There we go. Um, and be sure to keep your distance. Definitely keep your distance, especially yeah. if you're covered in semen. Okay. Anyway. This story is called The Time I Saw My Dad Talking to a Ghost or Entity. Wow. <coughs> Let's begin. This happened when I was about 15 in a little town called St. Helens, just outside of Portland, Oregon. At the time, our family was really going through some tough obstacles. My dad had been acting very strange, talking to himself, and not acting as he normally did for a couple of days. His personality was changed quite often. At the time, he was not diagnosed with schizophrenia. We were trying to get him help. At the time's an interesting segue there. Yeah. Well, not segue, but you know. (laughs) Interesting point. Interesting point. Leading up to the night, I had seen this thing conversing with my dad. I had also experienced very strange dreams, and it felt like I had been sat on by someone very heavy. I looked and no one was there. My brother had seen something he called the garbage man on numerous occasions. He 
He said it looked like a bag was over his head and was being sucked into his mouth and eye sockets. Ugh. It leaned over him and appeared to be very tall. The thing visited him a few times. It was about 2am and I heard my dad talking to someone or himself. At this point, I had a routine of going and talking with him to calm him. The bedroom had been right next to the kitchen and the bathroom because it was a small house. I walk into the kitchen, which had been lightly lit by the outside lights. First thing I see is the very tall shadow figure in the doorway of the bathroom and my dad standing toe-to-toe with this massive thing. He's mumbling something, then he says loudly, Leave me alone! I'm terrified, so I ran right back into my bedroom. My dad's mental state took a turn. It was a struggle for my family to get him help. Eventually, things escalated and my dad was considered a danger to himself and others and was able to get the help he deserved. They did not find drugs in his system and eventually diagnosed him with schizophrenia. I don't know why we saw this thing or what it was. (coughs) (coughs) I think it was preying on my dad's weakness. Can people with this mental illness see past the curtains? Since this day, that question runs through my head a lot. That is, to be fair, <coughs> that is a question I've often thought. I've mentioned this about dementia. Right. You know, like when um, me and Anne had dementia and I went into the dementia home to see her. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people there would be talking to people who weren't there. But I then thought, you know, like they say, kids can see things that aren't there, yeah. allegedly, because they haven't yet been told these things don't exist. So they haven't yet had the, the, the boundaries put up. Yeah, I think when you get into later life, or God forbid, in situations like this where you have like um, a mental situation that goes on, that those barriers could also be removed. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to say somebody's seeing ghosts if they actually need mental help mm. and assistance. Well, that's interesting that you say that because one of these comments says it could be a case of mental illness lowering our protective boundaries and filters against supernatural influences, much in the same way that kids are more susceptible as they haven't built any as yet. There you go. Who's that person? Kev123. It also says, I'd imagine that if you're busy fighting with your own mind, you probably haven't the strength to fight off an outside force. Good point. There's also, I mean, there's also, it's obviously, it's a very, um, and rightly so, it's a very touchy subject, mental illness, and the paranormal in general, because mm. you need to tread very lightly when discussing it. But it's interesting, We, a friend of ours, we were discussing, who um, they told us a story on our Patreon episode about um, one of their family members who had, um, like, you know, a similar mental sort of situation. But the interesting thing was that when there was stuff going on around the house, they didn't know whether it was down to the person going through the mental trauma or the paranormal. They mm. didn't know themselves as the yeah. people in the house, you know, and I'm sure people have already done this, but like also what a fucking amazing premise for a terrifying film. I've always said like my, my ideal terrifying film is a, a, or horror is something you could watch three times and draw three different conclusions mm. or two times and watch uh, two different conclusions, you know, one like you could watch and be like, there's nothing paranormal going on there at all. It's all <laughs> this, that, or the other. Mm. Or you could watch it again and go, no, actually, it changed my mind. It's completely this. Yeah. Well, we know the thing about someone sitting on his chest when he was asleep, that's a very common thing, isn't that's it? sleep the old paralysis. Dad, but that's the writer, not the dad. 
Yeah, no, I know. But I'm just saying, obviously, in this in this house, there was a lot of upheaval, wasn't there? There was a lot of... Yeah. I think they were struggling with a lot of things, weren't they, like, collectively? Correct. But, but then again, like, you know, sleep paralysis is... When they say it's old hag syndrome in it because it's often an old hag that's reported as the hallucinated, hallucinated, the hallucinated, the hallucinated thing that sat on the chest. It's not a man with a bag over his head that's been sucked in through the eyeballs. That's what the brother saw. Well, either way, that's fucking horrific. <laughs> yeah, that's a good scare. <coughs> so, my dear beloved and poorly one, mm-hmm. um, just so we can get it on tape, on 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 record, if you like. On tape. Um, if if this virus does take you in the night, mm. what can I have of yours? Everything. Everything? Everything, yeah. Now, the, it's right. Yeah. Me, uh, me things, S, Sue things. Aw. Yeah. Aw. Well, just to what, recently... What, why, what have you got your eye on? Well, I'll, I'm not telling I'll, I'll tell you the virus, the, the medium, when uh, you pop your clogs. But just to reciprocate, if I die, you can have everything except my guitars. They must be donated to people who play music. I might keep one. You can keep one guitar. You have plenty of guitars. You can keep the acoustic I got when I was 16. Okay. Um, <coughs> All right, then. I'm going to withhold something as well. What can't you have? Will maybe, you tell me? Maybe you don't get custody of the neighbour's cat. No, absolutely <laughs> not. I'm having custody of that cat. I tell you what. I tell you what. The first thing I know you'll do when I pop my clocks: take a hammer to the PlayStation. What? What have I got against the PlayStation? I like the PlayStation. Oh, it's a FIFA. Then. See what I'll take a hammer to. I know I've said this to you before. I've said it. If heaven forbid, you were to die, the one minor, minor little sliver of a the thickness of a cobweb of a silver lining would be that I would. I'd, I'd go up to the highest point I'd, somewhere I could find, ideally with a big like cave-like structure. Like I might have to go to Fiji or something to find this. Yeah. Really high. With a plummeting, plummeting bottom. Like, see, I want something that goes right to the centre of the earth. And I would take that blasted e-cig and I would launch it with my whole might down the bottom because that thing I hate. Well, given how, how how panicked I get when I, I think I've lost it. That's why, that's why. Well, once you've done that, don't you think I'd be coming back to fucking haunt you? No, because you don't need it then. It's, that's why I don't mind you having it as a general. And I don't mind you having it when you've got it. The reason I hate it is because the second it goes out your sight, and it goes out your sight all the time, it's like, oh, where's he sick? Where's he sick? Where's it gone to? And it's this major panic. And the amount of times you've lost it, and it, like, ruins the day. And yeah, or it's like, in my pocket after yeah. 30 minutes of looking. Oh, that time you were like, oh, where is it? Where is it? I've not got it. It's lost. It's lost. And you stood up, and it fell off your knee into a pint glass, <laughs> smashed the pint glass. There was iron brew all over the floor. I was like, for God's sake, damn sick. Yeah, well, I tell you what, if I die and there's no e-cig on the other side, there'll be hell today. And um, and now at the minute, with me not having a great chest, you're blowing that all the I'm time. I'm not blowing it's not it in your face. Enough. Don't I'm not imply that I'm blowing it in my face, face. But you're just constantly surrounded by this cloud of vape, which is getting that's on my because chest. I'm like, and isn't ideal. I'm constantly coming out of the curtains of stars in their eyes. That's how I want it to look yeah. like everywhere da, I go. Da, 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 Tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be annoying my partner. Okay. I hate that, you say. Well, anyway, I hope you I get better. I sent you this tweet the other day that I saw that said, there's a grown man who vapes, that's his binky. <laughs> <laughs> it really yeah. made me look like it is for you. It just cannot be out your hands at any time. No, and can't. for someone who's that attached to it, it's amazing how often you lose it. You said you were going to get me a string to tie it around my neck, didn't you? Yeah. So it looked like, um, you know, 
I've been touched by Jesus. Anyway, I'm going to let you go because you need your rest. And um, I hope you feel better soon. Thank you. I'm sure so do all our patrons. Um, our patrons. So all of our listeners even. Um, and then you might you might have to be doing your next few remotely, mightn't you? Possibly. Um, possibly. We'll see how you get on. Because yeah, you might be working abroad. <coughs> Maybe. But we will see. Things will... Time will tell. Anyway, for the time being, Rebecca, thank you for letting us into your literal dark bedroom. You're welcome. Thank you for visiting Reddit Corner with Becca. Please disinfect yourself thoroughly on the way out. And get rid of all that semen. Kevin? Just saying. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. (laughs) 